Welcome back to Alfond Arena in Orono, Maine. Second game of the weekend set between Merrimack and Maine. And right now the score is the same as it was after last night's game. The Warriors trail Maine by the score of 2-1 to one after 2. Joining us for the second intermission, Mike McMahon from the Eagle Tribune and the MacReport.com. And uh, Mike, like we said, same score as it was uh, after last night's game. <laughs> a totally different kind of game, though, from last night. Much different type of game. A little more physical. Uh, sort of right from the get-go. You know, Merrimack took the tone physically right from the start, and uh, I, I think that was a point of emphasis. Uh, it, it, I mean, they've been playing pretty good physically for a while, but uh, it certainly seemed like that was a point of emphasis coming into this one. And this is also a main team that play, is playing that way under Red Gendron, and clearly, you know, you got a couple of teams where I guess uh, something's got to give at that point. It's You know, you get two teams that play that way, and then uh, you end up with, with a game like tonight where it's been a little chippy from time to time. To time. Yeah, you know, two teams, like you said, that both want to play physical. It's the second half of a back-to-back you know, series situation, which every time you play these guys, it's going to be. So uh, I, I think when, you, when you've got three, four, now five periods into this thing, we've got two teams out there that are playing pretty physical. It, it, it sort of lends itself to a game like this. Now, how about this? You had last night, of course, Chris LeBlanc. We saw him take that hard hit from Ryan Lomberg in front of the bench and go off, didn't come back, not in the lineup tonight. And, uh, you know, so all indications are that that kept him out. You had a couple of guys get get knocked around in the uh, in the game so far. You had Dan Colomatis get hit by Lomberg. He went off of the lock, but did come back. Uh, you know, you had hits on some other guys. Hampus Gustafson out at center ice that drew a penalty. Kyle Singleton along the boards. It wasn't a was you know wasn't a, a penalty type of play, but still, uh, you know, he had to struggle to come off and they did come back. I mean, they've been banged up a bit tonight. And, and on top of that, you've got Murata who uh, ended up. Uh, you know, there was some traffic there. I'd like to see the replay again to see exactly what happened. He ended up getting called for diving, which which was kind of a surprise that. Given that he wasn't able to continue in the game, I've never seen that before. Yeah, I've never seen that before. I mean, to, to have it called as, as the one penalty in a sequence where you're, you're just going to call the one player for diving, and that player leaves the game with an injury. I mean, that that obviously doesn't look good if, if you're if you're the officials. <laughs> and, and I just don't. I mean, obviously there was some sort of contact, right? And I don't really see how you take one guy there, especially the guy that ends up leaving the game with an injury, and, and you take the one guy for diving. I mean, you can't revisit it after he gets taken off the ice. I understand that, but uh, obviously there was enough contact there that, that he had to leave the game. And interesting too that, like you said, that's the only thing they call because they don't usually call that by itself. Yeah. You know, so you, it's got to be pretty egregious if nothing happened, and yet at the same time, something happened to hurt him and hurt him enough that he couldn't continue in the game. Yeah, I mean, we saw it earlier too, right? That, uh, Lomborg gets called, I think it was Lomborg gets called for slashing behind the play, and McCarthy gets called for the embellishment. That's how you usually see that called. Yeah. It's very rare to see it called as the only penalty, you know, in in a play like that. All right, so looking at this weekend, they've only got two goals on the weekend. Again, scoring's the problem. They, after last night's game, in fact, they're now down below Colorado College. They're the second lowest scoring team in Division One, uh, ahead of only of Alabama Huntsville, who's right around one goal a game. So that's, you know, they're not going to end up last, but second last isn't much better. Uh, this is when you want to be playing your best hockey, right? This is when you want to be putting things together and having guys finally figure it out and you know being able to get the job done here at this level, getting ready for the playoffs, and it seems like they still got a ways to go in that regard. Yeah, you know, and I think it comes down to just the makeup of the roster. I mean, they just don't have the horses to score goals. They've got a lot of guys that are good in their roles, but their roles aren't to score goals. You know, so uh, Red Bly's great in his role, but his role isn't to score goals. So uh, they've got a lot of guys that sort of fit into that category, and I think, you know, that's 
what that's been the biggest issue with them this year and probably down the stretch last year too uh, you know they just don't have the horses to score goals and, and even a guy like Mike Collins last year who's doing a lot by himself at times uh, he, he's brought along some guys you know Brian Kersey certainly since he's come back to the lineup has played well and he's played a lot with Mike and uh, I just think they need they need more of those guys that can go out there and score and, and, and it sounds simple to say right but uh, it's the one thing you can't coach <laughs> you know you, you can't you can't coach a guy how to go out there and score he either has it or he doesn't it's funny because uh, you know you could almost see what the last 12 months coming last year and uh, you know you go back to just about a year ago they were in first place in the league they come off a stretch of 10 straight games where they only lost a single game over that stretch and that one was a non-league game against UNH in Manchester so they worked their way up to the top of the league and then all of a sudden, you know, you have the last six games of the regular season, they go one and five, the scoring just suddenly drops off the, the edge of a cliff. And that continues into the playoffs. Now you think, okay, sometimes the team's going to hit a slump and these things are going to happen. But it now continued for another entire season. It's mind-boggling. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this, especially when the team is virtually the same team that they were last year when they were in first place in the league at that time. I, I haven't seen anything like this before. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too, because I went back, uh, not this past week, the week before, uh, and looked at, because we're right about a year ago now, or a little over a year ago now, where they were right there in first place. And, uh, you look at their goals for last, even last year, I mean, it wasn't terribly high. They were, they were doing it on the, on the backs of, of really good goaltending and really good defense. They were they were limiting teams in scoring. I mean, I think, I don't remember the exact number. I wish I did now. Uh, but it was somewhere around like 2.5, 2.6 goals per game when they, when they were in first place, which is which is good. I mean, it's certainly, it's better than average. I'm not sure where it would fall this year in terms of uh, other teams in the country, but... Uh, Probably in the middle of the pack. Well, yeah, That's yeah, my Exactly. Middle well, of like the pack. said, the defensive goaltending was good enough that that was more than good enough to win games. It was overcoming, yeah, and you know, and I'm not just you know. Obviously, you look at their goals per game, 1.8. That's not getting it done. So it's not it's not fair to say that the defense and goaltending has been what has been what has let let this team down because it isn't. Uh, you know, you'd be hard pressed to bail out anybody scoring 1.8 goals a game. I mean, you ever have a goaltender you know, giving up a goal and a half per game? But I, I think that was the biggest difference last year. They, they really weren't scoring very much last year either. It was certainly more than they have been this year. Uh, but they were so good defensively for the first three quarters of last season that it was almost, uh, you know, was masking in a sense. Yeah, so I guess the question then is, you know, coming down the stretch here, you've got four games left after tonight and then at least one in the playoffs, and do they have time to, to find it? I mean, it's been so long this year, and you know the old Belichick saying, right, you are what you are, so the question is, can they change that before it's too late? I mean, they're going to have, they're the type of team I think that's going to have to score dirty goals. You know, they're not going to be the team that scores on that initial shot off the rush or, or on a two-on-one or anything flashy. With them, it's going to be how, to be honest with you, a team like Lowell scores a lot of air goals. Just get as many bodies to that net as possible. Get as many bodies around that blue paint and see what happens. Throw a puck there, let it bounce around and see what happens. I mean, that those dirty goals, that's how they're going to score. And I, and I think for them to take a step up in scoring, if they're going to get to that, uh, and they're not on average going to get there, there's not enough games left in the season, but if they're going to, down the stretch, you're score two, two and a half goals a game, which is really where you're going to have to be, or you know, right around two and a half at least, I think it's going to be those dirty goals right around the net. You know, the thing to 
me is I feel like we still haven't seen this team play with a sense of desperation yet and, you know, realizing that the things are on the line. That, that hasn't been the case because they're already in the playoffs. We've known that for a long time and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when, you know, they get into that first game in the playoffs, the, the first round, when you know that if if, uh, if if you don't win, your season's over. I almost wonder if that's going to be the kind of thing to suddenly, you know, change the, the fortune, change the momentum or whatever it is, but uh, we'll have to see what happens at any rate. Mike, thanks for joining us. We do have to take a break, so we'll do that right now, but thanks for joining us. Uh, TheMacReport.com, The Eagle Tribune as well. Thanks for all the work you do. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Mike. Mike McMahon's been our guest here in the second intermission. The score, Maine 2, Merrimack 1. John and I will be back with right, right after this with more of our second intermission report. You're listening to live coverage of Warrior Hockey.